Welcome to From the Front Porch, a conversational podcast about books, small business, and life in the South. When you read a book as a child, it becomes a part of your identity in a way that no other reading in your whole life does. Meg Ryan as Kathleen Kelly in You've Got Mail. I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia. And today we're talking about nostalgia reading. I'm joined by my co-hosts of The Bookshelf's I Want It That YA book club, Lucy Stoltzfus and Olivia Schaefer. Lucy is the online sales coordinator for The Bookshelf and Olivia is our shop manager. Hi, guys. Hello. Hey. I am so excited to talk about this today because we are almost like exactly a year removed as of recording from the launch of Babysitters Back All Right. So that is the book club we launched a year ago. It was like peak pandemic, (laughs) trying to get excited or feel joyful about anything. One of the few things that had brought me joy in March, April of last year was rereading Bloomability and An Old Fashioned Girl, two books from my childhood. And I then saw that The Babysitter's Club was becoming a Netflix like adapted TV show. And I approached you, Olivia, one day. I, I have a very vivid memory of this. I like came into the bookshelf. It still looked like a shipping warehouse. There was bubble wrap everywhere. And I looked at you and I was like, how would you feel about reading The Babysitter's Club together this summer? And I like had a name for it and everything. And I'm curious, you, I then discovered had not even ever read the Babysitter's Club before. So what did you, what was your initial response to this idea? Absolutely. Yes. (laughs) I think it was just like anything, anything that felt like forming a community in a time where like, we were just so isolated. Mm -hmm. And And it was, as Lucy said, it was low stakes reading. So it was exactly what we needed. (laughs) Yeah. Because we were still very much living through a pandemic. I mean, we still are. But when I think about May of last year, like we were really still deep in it. We were not seeing customers very frequently. Lucy, I, I don't even remember. Were you still in Tallahassee? I was. I, we didn't move until the beginning of July. But I had not come back. Like my maternity leave ended when the pandemic began. So I had come back like... <clears throat> I think I came back a couple Mondays and did mm-hmm. some online stuff. And I wore Gabriel on my chest and he took naps <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I had only come in a couple times, but um, I was so, I just was excited to be included in something. And I had uh-huh. not read kids lit in a long time because I, you know, my child is not ready for, <laughs> middle grade or YA. And right. I just had not been part of my adult reading. So I was like, uh, not excited to begin with, but like, open. Mm-hmm. I was like, I think I might like this. Let's see. I 
forgot, Olivia, until you mentioned, but really the community aspect was important. Like, I think I just needed something fun. And I was like, hey, this idea came to me in the middle of the night. What do you think? But I also missed even a camaraderie of staff. Like we were doing Zoom staff meetings, but it like we, ha- we weren't seeing anyone. Olivia and I were just seeing each other and then the occasional customer at the door. And so to get to actually talk with you both and then to incorporate our customers in an interactive way. It had been a long time. We weren't doing any virtual events at that time. We weren't we weren't really doing anything. We didn't quite have the bandwidth for it. So we launched this, I believe, May of last year and immediately like sold out. I think we thought, oh, we're gonna do 25 spots, I think was our initial thought. Yeah. And and like sold out before we could really even blink. And so then I I want to say, did we add 25 more? What was our, what was the cap? I, I because I remember going back and forth with my scholastic rep being like, oh, sorry, we actually need more. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I emailed her tw- uh, yeah. two or three times. Like I the think first you guys time. did 25, 25, 25. We ended up having something yeah. like 75. Yeah. I, think I think that's, that's right. right. Yeah. Yeah. And we should have, we're going to talk about this. We should have then been better prepared for a young adult book club in January, but for whatever reason, we weren't. It's fine. <laughs> I still under ordered. Um, so, okay. So we capped it at 75. And really, we started doing these virtual book clubs. And once a month, we would get together and work our way through the Babysitter's Club, the, the series by Ann M. Martin. So, had either, neither of you, had read those before. Lucy, did you have any connection to Babysitter's Club? I didn't. No, I don't. I never read them. And Olivia, did your sister read them or no? My sister had, and I maybe picked up one or two, but I did. I had no memory of them. So I the TV show. Yes. Uh, <laughs> there were a couple people who did too. They would like sing yeah. the, they, they would like type out the theme song in the chat. Um, so I'm curious when you look back, we wound up reading when it was all said and done, we were intending to do it only for the summer. And then I think we all became very attached, uh, including the customers, the fellow readers who were listening and watching along with us. So by the end of the summer, we decided to tack on more and we wound up doing it pretty much through the end of the year. So we read 11, the first 11 of the Babysitter's Club books. We hosted then 11 meetings. We did like a virtual Netflix party with the TV show, which was really fun. By the end of the year, what did you kind of think about the overall reading experience of reading The Babysitter's Club? Neither of you had read them before. Um, you maybe were excited or at least considering, you know, how, you know, how fun something could be in a year where nothing was fun. And I'm curious, by the end of the year, when you looked back at reading The Babysitter's Club, especially Lucy, maybe start with you because you had no kid lit you hadn't read kid lit in a long time so how did you feel by year's end oh I feel like we've talked about this before but it was like one of the highlights of that (laughs) period of time um (laughs) in my life it's just especially being a reader who started to work at a bookstore and then got pregnant and had a baby I felt like my reading life had suffered so much and like my reading life was based on like accomplishing, like get it at, you know, there's another book down, like I've chosen my shelf subscription or, you know, and I felt like this was just pure joy. And like Olivia said, low stakes, but still dramatic. Like I would sit in bed and go like, Oh, and Zach would be like, did the boy say something to the girl? And I'm like, yes, you wouldn't believe. 
you know, or like these, these girls are trying to steal the babysitter's club idea, you know? Um, so it's like still very exciting, but obviously, you know, not pandemic level or like world war two level, like a lot of the other books I read. So uh, just so joyful and fun. And the other thing I really, really loved about it was our customers and how we came to know their names and we came to know their personalities just from the chat. And, you know, you feel like they're your friends now. It was just so great. Olivia, what about you? I am so sorry. I forgot the question a little bit. I I really like Lucy's answer. (laughs) I was like, yes, to everything Lucy just said. And now I don't know what the question was. I wanted to know by year's end... Like we'd read 11 books. We really thought we'd stop at six and, or maybe even four. I'm not sure, but we thought we'd stop, I think about halfway through that. Um, What did you kind of, what was your overall feeling about the club? Like, were you grateful to have read them? That kind of thing. Oh, yes. It was just such a happy feeling. I mean, it was, it was what I looked forward to every single month was reading that book. Well, mostly cramming that book in that last week. (laughs) But then I'm posting like almost every page. So I was like, I can't believe Christy said that. You know, I was, I think I was a little bit worried at first because I do read so much kids lit that with a series this long and books so short that it would start to feel a little bit, um, what's the word? Episodic, episodic. Mm -hmm. But it never did because it, it continued on their lives, I think. And it wasn't just for restarting on every single book. And you just... Yes. I love series where you get to know the characters so well. And then I love that I was able to then talk to other people about these characters that I knew so well, because that doesn't always happen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I do feel like the other thing that really helped with the slow character development was like um, getting a different person's narration every time, because yeah. then you learn more about that person, but also about all the other people through their eyes. And so every time you're just getting a little bit more of like, oh, I now know why Christy is the way she is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's why you got to like characterize yourself into them, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I'm a Christy. No, I'm not. But... <laughs> I'm a yeah, by years in, I think I had maybe some of the same concerns. So I'm always keeping an eye on when the excitement is going to wear off. Like as a business owner, I think I'm always looking for, okay, when is this going to lose steam and we need to have like a new idea. But it never lost steam. Like by the end of the year, I was still really invested. Like I could have kept reading Babysitter's Club books. Like we, and we talked a lot about that, like in 2021, what did we want to do with this group? Like, did we want to keep reading? And I could have kept reading Babysitter's Club books. I thought they would get... Olivia, like you said, maybe redundant or more episodic. Like I was concerned about that, but they, I was attached the entire time and was super invested. And by year's end was a little bit sad to give them up. Like I, like even still, sometimes I'll think, would it be weird if I read Babysitter's Club on my own? Like, <laughs> like if I, if I could just continue this journey by myself, um, because I did become really attached and invested. And in a year where we did not have a lot of customer interaction and where we gained a bunch of new customers who Mm -hmm. we still have not had the privilege of meeting face-to-face because they're long distance, it was really fun to like 
like I could name you who gets snarky in the comments, like who is funny in the chat, who has random fun facts, who will go Google something for us and bring back like the mathematical statistics, which believe it or not comes up in Babysitter's Club. (laughs) (laughs) And so like I could name you those things just like Olivia could name you different in-store customers. Like, and so that attachment that I think as a bookseller at a local independent bookstore, like that's what you're looking for is like that customer connection and to get to have it virtually felt really special and, and really rare, especially for 2020, like very unusual. So years end, we like, we're addressing what do we want to do next? And we decided, and I don't even remember why we decided this, but we decided to do just a plethora, like a pretty wide range of young adult, like nostalgic reading for 2021. Could you guys have kept reading Babysitter's Club and been satisfied? Absolutely. Yes. And I do remember that final meeting. We were all kind of like, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) like everyone was just kind of sad, but I do think it was the right move. Um, something fresh. I do feel like for a business owner, I think you don't, you want to get out. You don't want to be Tom Brady. Although, <laughs> although, although Lucy just pulled out the sports reference. I know. <laughs> uh, but it's true. Like you want people to stay excited and you do get worried that like, if we had kept doing babysitters club at what point, I mean, they're like, what are there? Like six, I don't know, 80 books. Um, There's so many. Yeah. So many. And so anyway, we decided to launch this, I wanted that YA book club. And it was, you know, the this kind of variety of 80s, 90s, I feel like a radio show host, like 80s, 90s, and today, young, young, adult, <laughs> young adult literature. Um, but I kind of made this list. And when I sent it out, I believe to the two of you just to kind of gauge your reactions, because I had tried to pick like, a wide range of decades, genres, etc. And so what were your thoughts on the list? Um, did you did any books immediately stick out as you being excited about? Were there books you hadn't read before? There were so there are twelve books on the list. We're working our way through them throughout the year. What were your thoughts on that initial kind of rundown? I had not read. I don't think I read any of them, and I've been asking myself why. Like I rec- I recognize the titles of probably two thirds of them, mm-hmm. um, but had never read them. Uh, my excuse is that my parents are not American. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel like I read more, a lot more like British kids literature. Uh Um, Uh I don't know, but uh, I had not read any of them, but I mean, I'm excited. Just like the way I want to read as many classics as I can. I was like, Oh, if these are classic kids lit, I do. I want to read them. I'm Uh excited to know about them. It is a very American list. I didn't, I hadn't really thought of that till you said it, but like, it's not Mary Poppins. It's not Roald Dahl. Like it's, it's very, it's very much an American uh, millennial mm-hmm. <laughs> list. Olivia, what did you think of it? I was excited because a lot of the titles, just like Lucy, I recognized, but m- most of them I had not read before. Like I, I, maybe a handful I had read, but not really remembered the plot to them. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of fun to go back and like, I was always looking forward to going back and read like classics of that era, you know, and finally remembering the plot points. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right. It's been long enough now where even the ones I had read before, I really, 
didn't have much recollection of what happened. And because that's kind of how I am as a person, like I can remember how a book made me feel, but characters' names I lose mm-hmm. almost immediately. Um, so for those listening, so the full young adult book club list we will put in the show notes, but it had books like Babysitting is a Dangerous Job, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, from the mixed up files of Mrs. Basely, Frank Weiler, All of a Kind Family, 145th Street, Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. So like it kind of covered even a wide range of it's both middle grade and young adults. And I because I think that's the other thing. It's not just YA books. It's really middle grade classics, too. And so I'm curious, did you if you had been making your own list? And Lucy, this will be interesting for you, especially, I think. But like if you had been making a list of like books you wanted to revisit as an adult that you read in your childhood, what books would have made your list? Oh, I feel like you should have prepped us for this question, (laughs) Annie. Just throw that at me. Just gotta keep us sharp. Make sure we're worthy of being on staff. On on your toes. (laughs) Uh, Mine would start with like a series of unfortunate events. Uh, mm-hmm. Artemis Fowl, Charlotte's Web. I mm-hmm. would still keep from the mixed up files in there. Mm-hmm. I love that book. Uh, I think it's a classic. It's maybe Narnia. Mm-hmm. Um, but I read as a child probably more dramatic fantasy than anything. Yeah, I guess mine would be all of the um, the deep cuts of Roald Dahl. None of the mm-hmm. hits of Roald Dahl. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have like very vivid memories of reading Betsy Tacey and then later Tib, Betsy Tacey and Tib. Um, but I couldn't tell you basically anything about it now, except for that they have brown, blonde and red hair. Um, so I would definitely want to go back and read, reread that probably Narnia as well. Um, maybe the Hobbit, cause that's like more, um, attainable for that age group than the full Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Maybe Charlotte's Web too. And like did some of the sweeter classics, Secret Garden. Mm. Did y'all read Madeline Lingle? Like growing up, Wrinkle in Time obviously is like her, you know, her big hit. Although she's written obviously several more. But like, I actually had not read that as a kid. I read it as an adult a couple years ago when the movie came out. But one of my favorite memories of reading growing up was reading the Austin Family Chronicles, which, gosh, I really did try to put push at the bookshelf for a long while, and they just did not go. But I loved those books so much, but I don't remember anything about them except a scene in Antarctica. There's like a scene, a cold weather scene that sticks out to me. But I love those books so much. Were you guys fans of her at all? Um, I had heard of her. Like, I had mm-hmm. heard of A Wrinkle in Time. Mm-hmm. But I think... Um, I watched the movie My Girl when I was young, and I think it scarred me a little bit. And then I knew something sad would be in that book. So I was just like, I'm okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, wait, that's actually the perfect segue because we've been reading, we just finished our fifth meeting of the year. And the last book we read was Walk Two Moons by Sharon Creech. It was a book that moved even Olivia to tears. Like we were all very tearful about it. And it led me to think, gosh, like as an adult, I like, or I am certainly not afraid of sad books. Like I don't necessarily pick them out, but if they find me, I am not offended. Like I don't mind a heavier book. And as a kid, 
I loved that kind of stuff, though I don't think that's what I would have said. Like, I don't think I would have said, oh, I love Bridge to Terabithia because it's sad. Like, I just thought it's a great book. You'd be a monster. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I did. Have I told you guys this before? I told Hunter this the other day and he was appalled. But like, I loved the movie Jaws, but like, especially the bloody parts. Like, I would make... (laughs) I would make my child... not what you expect. No. (laughs) I would make my childhood best friend, like, rewind to the bloody parts of Jaws. I don't know. I don't know. So I was not scared of like, darker, sadder, heavier subject matter. And I wonder... And in fact, I I really believe this is true now. There was a great article in the New York Times about Babysitter's Club introducing this man to literary fiction, like in how he thinks reading the Babysitter's Club as a child helped him like literary fiction as an adult. And I definitely feel the same way. Like Walk Two Moons moved me in the same way Gilead by Marilyn Robinson moved me. Like I find the themes that I liked in childhood and even the heavier subject matters that that I enjoyed in in childhood, I find myself enjoying the same things in adult reading. And I wonder, has the Nostalgia Book Club or I Want It That Way Book Club made you guys investigate and analyze your adult reading life? And, And did the books you read as a kid affect your adult reading life? I feel like I'm constantly questioning my reading life <laughs> as someone who like loves kids lit but then goes and reads like dark thrillers I'm just like am I okay <laughs> but I do remember the past the past uh podcast we, or club we did with walk two moons I was wondering the whole time I was like because I remembered as a child really loving walk two moons but mm-hmm. also not enjoying heavier books like Mm. books with having a lot of death in them but then it it clicked that like walk to moons like because of when dixie olive's ocean those Mm. were all books that i read in school Mm. and star girl by jerry spinelli like all those like heart wrenchers like are books that i read in school so i would not have picked them out but then when i was forced Mm. to read them i enjoyed them Mm. interesting yeah i feel like I just analyzing this recently, I did read a lot of like silly books, um, mm-hmm. funny, humorous, silly, uh, books. And I don't do that now at all. But <laughs> if I were to like try and find a through line, I think I did really like a lot of historically informed books as a child. Mm-hmm. I sent you guys that picture of me reading with my bell my Beauty and the Beast sheets. (laughs) And I zoomed in on it. I was reading a book about Pocahontas. And Mm. I'm like, yeah, I would have read like a biography of Pocahontas at the time. (laughs) Um, And then the other thing I like, Betsy and Tacey, it's about relationships. Like it's about uh, friendships. And I'm pretty interested in books about relationships. But now I recognize that it's like, I'm interested in the heart, like the psychological reasons why people behave the way the way they do and how they interact um in that Mm -hmm. way so but I don't read silly crazy books anymore I don't know that I would have been able to say I mean I like kids literature but Olivia you're certainly on staff the person who is mostly reading that genre so I'm not somebody who is reading a ton of modern kid lit but by rereading these books from my childhood or some of these books I'm reading for the first time, I am struck by how profound some of them are. And there are silly elements to some. And Walk Two Moons is fresh on my mind. But even some of the other books we've read, like 
I, in the last book club we had, I think I said out loud, like, do I even need to read adult literature anymore? Like, <laughs> is, is children's literature really the masterful? Like, I just feel like Sharon Creech is a master of her craft. And I'm not sure in adulthood we talk about her anymore. I think in libraries and schools, people are still lauding and praising Sharon Creech. But like in the literary community that we inhabit as booksellers, I just don't hear her name mentioned very often, um, partly because, you know, we do a lot of adult literature. But I just, there's a part of me that is like, do I just need to give up? adult lit and read children's lit from now on because it is so much more profound than I remember it being. And maybe it's because I'm reading it as an adult now. And so I'm I'm seeing underneath even maybe things that I wouldn't have picked up on as a there's, kid. There's that quote by, there's a couple quotes I think by C.S. Lewis about like a children's book that is only enjoyed by children is not worth reading at all or something like yeah. that. Or yeah. if you would, you know, enjoy it at age 10, you should enjoy it at age 50. Yeah. But that's good kids lit. Right. <laughs> Which I do. infinite supply. <laughs> that's true. Well, Jordan and I are rereading, you know, and problems with JK Rowling aside, but we're rereading Harry Potter. And I, okay, I do not remember at all crying uh, except the end of the Harry Potter series. Like I do, I do remember that. But um, I was about 11 when I read Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone for the first time. And we were rereading it together. And I was reading aloud and like had to stop because I was <laughs> I was getting emotional. I didn't like sob or anything, but it's when Harry is standing in front of the mirror of Erised and he sees his family and he doesn't want to leave because he finally gets to see his family. And as an adult person, I was very moved by that in a way that I don't know that I was when I was 11. Like, I think when I was 11, I thought, oh, how cool. Like, Harry gets to see his parents for the first time. But as an adult, I'm like, this child is who is orphaned is getting to see his parents and his grandparents. And he is immovable. Like, he will not move from his spot because he so desperately wants to see his family. And so I was deeply moved by that and was kind of caught off guard by it. Like, I really did not expect to feel anything. Uh, anything other than perhaps nostalgia and enjoyment until maybe the end of the series. But instead, I was deeply touched by it. And I'm also finding myself deeply touched by Harry's empathy, like things that I don't think I picked up on as a kid reader, I am very much picking up on as an adult reader. And I think there's also too an innate nostalgia in just reading books where all the narrators are young, you know, mm -hmm. like you're in you're back in your 12 yes. year old self. Um, yeah. And but now you can see like more complex emotional issues as an adult, yeah. or even like a lot of our book club members are now parents of children that age, yeah. or about yes. to be that age. And so there's that added extra layer of yeah. um, emotional um, like stuff. Yeah. Um, so far we have read, I'm going to name them to help you remember, but so far, other than the babysitters club, we've read babysitting is a dangerous job. Thwonk, 145th street. Are you there? God, it's me, Margaret and walk two moons. I'm curious, which is your favorite we've read so far and had you read it before? Olivia, what's your been your favorite? I'm really torn between 145th street and walk two moons. Mm -hmm. But I think I'm leaning towards 145th Street just because there are so many stories in that book that like I still think about 
in, mm-hmm. in certain situations. Um, and I still go back to a lot. And as, as moving as a walk to moons was, I think there's like a staying power of 145th Street. And the fact that it was written years ago, but is still relevant today. Mm-hmm. So I think that one was my favorite. Those were my top two as well, but I would go with Walk to Moons. I feel like both of them, though, I need to reread like almost immediately because mm-hmm. I did, as we do, a little bit <laughs> cram it. And <laughs> but they both have like um, so many things to just sit and mull over. Um, yeah, they're so complex. But yes, Walk Walk to Moons is my favorite. I hadn't read it before. I. So my top two are interestingly the same as your top two. And I actually think if we were to poll the club, I think they would be the club's top two as well, which is interesting because I look back and I, so I love Joan Bauer. She's one of my favorite authors I read as a teenager. And I loved Thwonk as like just a fun kind of throwaway book. And I like, and I throwaway sounds so harsh, but I just mean like as a fun, lighter read. And I definitely could see why I liked that as a senior in high school, because it's about a senior who's trying to make decisions. And so I certainly can look back and know why 18, 17 year old Annie, 16 year old Annie really liked that book. Um, But it's 145th Street and Walk Two Moons that I think I'd put at the top of my list. And I wonder if it's because I don't know, some of the themes are more adult. Like, it's almost like I liked those less for the nostalgia and more just they're really good literature. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like, even though I, I had read Walk Two Moons before, both of those books just to me are outstanding works of literature. 100, 145th Street is a great collection of short stories. And I told, I was trying to describe it to Jordan. I was like, 145th Street, despite its publication date, is surprisingly timely. And then I was like, and Walk Two Moons to me is timeless. Like it could have been set in the Great Depression or the 50s. And instead, I think it was set when it was written during the 90s. And I loved it in 2021. So I don't know. Both of those books to me have serious staying power. And I like them perhaps less for the nostalgia than just I really liked them as books. I thought they were really great, well-written books. It's interesting, too, because the other books that we didn't choose as our favorites are more like Babysitter's Club to me. Mm-hmm. And like, that's what we started with. And we, we loved that. That was like what we mm-hmm. needed at the time. I'm like, if I had wa- read walk Two moons last May, would it have <laughs> oh, been no. the same? You know, I don't know. I feel like maybe we've just done a really natural, nice progression back into being able to be moved again. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's true. That's fair. I don't think I could have handled it in, um, in May of last year. I don't think. What has been the biggest challenge to you in reading these young adult books or these books from like the 80s, 90s? I was I was a little worried, you know, when you wear or you put on your 2021 lens, like what what do these books look like under a 2021 lens? But I've actually been, for the most part, pleasantly surprised. But I'm curious what the challenge to you has been. For me, the biggest challenge has been put... Um, reading them, like finding the reading time to read them. And then every time I do, it is like Babysitter's Club. Like I wait till the last minute, like walk two moons, partly through no fault of our own. Olivia and I both read, and I think you did too, Lucy, like the day of, the day of book club, which is not maybe my ideal way to read. But because of reading for shelf subscriptions or reading for a summer reading guide, like that's how my reading life looks. 
But when I do read them, I'm never disappointed. Like, I'm never like, oh, this is a slog. Like, no, instead, I have a lot of fun or I'm laughing or I'm crying. Like, I, every single one of these books that we have read, I have had an enjoyable reading experience. It's like the build up to reading them that for me has been one of the biggest challenges. But what has the biggest challenge been for you guys? I think for me, it's taking away the, um, I don't know how to word it, but it's like, I don't, I don't want, <laughs> maybe Lisa should go while I think of my words. <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy to go. Biggest challenge for me is childcare. Mm. Um, I need childcare once a month, which sounds like really, you know, not very frequently. Um, but somehow it's always a problem. <laughs> so, um, yeah, childcare for the actual book club. I, I feel like the same as you, you know, it's finding, you know, you, on that Monday, I'm usually like, oh, it's uh book club week. I guess we better get reading. Um, and I mean, it's not, it doesn't even feel like a challenge when I'm saying it, but yeah, right. finding the time to read it and then getting childcare. Okay. I think mine is. <laughs> I always picture these books in like a, from a while ago. So I'm like, oh, these won't be relevant. Or I have mm-hmm. these like preconceived notions of what I'm about to read. Mm-hmm. And it's it's stopping myself from letting those notions kind of guide me in that book mm-hmm. and just like removing that. Because mm-hmm. then once I remove that and I get into the book, they're great. They're great mm-hmm. books. But it is like, it does take me a minute to be like, to not judge it. That's fair. Um, and I, I wonder too. So like I enjoy watching old movies. Like I, I, def, I certainly am highly nostalgic. Like I, and I almost have to catch myself like from being a too nostalgic of a person. Like Jordan is constantly, sometimes I'll be like, Jordan, don't you just miss being a kid? And he'll look at me and be like, no, I get to eat pizza whenever I want now. <laughs> <laughs> and so I do like tend to look at things through the kind of this rose colored lens. And I, I think it's been so interesting to kind of read these books, both from the nostalgia factor, but also just analyzing them as works of literature and to try to go in kind of with an open mind and to um, go in without these preconceived notions of, yeah, like I do with maybe some old shows or things that I watch, like the same kind of guidelines, I guess, apply to my reading as well. What do you think? So that's the challenge. What do you think has been the benefit of rereading these old favorites or just reading Kidlet? Because I know um, we haven't, these haven't entirely been rereads. Some of them we've been reading for the first time. So what has been the benefit or the biggest joy? I like just going back and finally knowing these plots to some of these books. Like, <laughs> I think I, I could tell parents before they're like, oh, Walk Two Moons is amazing. Like, I loved it as a kid. And now I like knowing that, okay. I maybe can't recommend that book to just anyone who walks in the store. It is great, but it's yeah. hard. It's a harder read. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's just the fun in that is it's like knowing now that I can talk to these books that I maybe couldn't before. Did you guys know I have a baby? Do I ever talk about it? <laughs> what? Um, <laughs> so it's, for me, it's been like rediscovering the joy of reading after like, Pregnancy, which I loved, loved, loved working at the bookshelf, but I was gone from nine to seven and Mm -hmm. I was fully pregnant. So I got home and I was like unable to get off the couch. So, Mm -hmm. and 
you're like too tired to read. Um, so that was difficult. Then obviously there's the newborn stage and then you're trying to like rediscover the joy of reading. And, you know, you need things that are, you can read quickly that are exciting or moving or, you know, just interesting. And I, I had, um, for our Valentine's day, Galentine's day, um, book dates, Mm -hmm. uh, somebody choose me because she was a new mom and she was Mm -hmm. like, what, give me some things to, that will make me want to read as a new Mm -hmm. mom. And this is what I would say. Yeah. Young adult children's literature, things that you loved when you were little or things that other people loved, (laughs) you know, when they were little, it's such a good way to rediscover that joy, that page turning joy. And then like, you know, a feeling of accomplishment having finished something quickly. Yeah, I think I have been pleasantly surprised too by the wide ranging genres available in kid lit because we don't often talk about that. Like we talk about it in adult lit, like things are literary fiction or they're mystery suspense or they're historical fiction. And you forget all of that exists under the umbrella of kid lit as well. And so when we talk about the books that we've read so far, we've read mystery suspense. We've read like, you know, coming of age, this little girl grappling with her, um, (laughs) the onslaught of puberty and also her spiritual awakening. We've read a a book about a like a rom-com kind of sort of like girl who wants to fall in love. We've read about grandparents. Like it's really run the gamut. And you forget that when you, I don't know, when you're just going through a kid's literature catalog or you're trying to recommend books to a grandparent in the back of the store. Like it's easy to just kind of say, oh, all of these books are children's chapter books or they're middle grade. And we divide them up by age group more than by genre, I guess. Mm -hmm. And so it has been nice to discover that like, oh, kid lit covers so many different categories. And that's been fun for me to rediscover that there really is something for every kid. Um, and, And as an adult, getting to experience those things has just been really fun. And I have had a lot of fun and my reading life isn't always fun. Like my people have asked that before, like, oh, did the bookshelf change your reading life or does reading feel like work? And I've always said no, like, because I still really like to read and I would hate for reading to feel like work, but it kind of does feel like work sometimes, like trying to find a shelf subscription or trying to read for a certain event or something like that. And reading these books, even though we're reading them for book club conversation has felt like fun. Like it's just felt like, oh, this is what I do for fun. And I think part of the reason I wanted to record this episode today is because yes, it's the year anniversary of Babysitter's Club. But as we embark on summer reading, I think summer is a great time to just read for fun Mm -hmm. and to revisit Kid Lit if maybe you haven't, you know, read it in a long time. Like I think, I think there is something to be said for taking the next two or three months and reading alongside your kids, the book they're reading, the books they're reading for summer reading or something like that. There's something about summer to me where I think reading reading should be fun and maybe a little bit nostalgic. And um, if I didn't already have uh, I Want It That Way book club, I think I would be drawn to, and I was last year, like I was drawn to rereading Bloomability. I was drawn to reread An Old Fashioned Girl because getting to reread is rare for me, but summer is a good time to do it. What book are you most looking forward to reading? I've got the rest of the list if you'd like to hear it. Yes, please. Uh, <laughs> So w- next up, we're reading The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, Finding My Voice, 
All of a Kind Family from the Mixed Up Files, The Face on the Milk Carton, Anastasia's Chosen Career, and my favorite title, Drat to Wear Rats. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm most excited for from the Mixed Up Files of, we're going to have to decide, Basil, Basil? I have always said Basil. What have you said, Olivia? From the Mixed Up Files of Mrs. Basil. I say Basil. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. We're going to have to look it up. Put it in the poll. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah that's the one i'm most excited for i was gonna say the same thing because i just that was like my all-time favorite book i remember reading that one and then packing up a little sack and like attempting to run away getting halfway <laughs> down the block and realizing this is not a good idea <laughs> but like uh, i i just i want to know if it still holds up like if yeah. i still love it just as much because i haven't reread it ever since then so that would be mine, except I reread it a couple years ago. I read it aloud to Jordan. He had never read it. And it it's delightful. It's so good. Uh, it's so good even as adults. But the other one I'm going to say is um, The Face on the Milk Carton, just because I remember being terrified by that book as a child, but like in a good way. Like I liked to be good scared. And I'm just curious, is it going to be that? Or are we going to read it and be like, oh, this is cheesy? Or are we going to be like, why were we allowed to read this as children? Like, I just am curious, like, which category it's going to fall into. Like, like, was this a good idea? Or why did Annie ever, why was she ever allowed to read this? So that's the one I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to. Okay. At the end of 2021, do you think continuing to read Kid Lit, whether in book club format or as, or just as readers? And Olivia, the answer will be different for you because you read Kid Lit all the time. But I'm curious, like at the end of 2020, I was sad to see Babysitter's Club go. Like I was sad and also just really grateful because it was a highlight of my year. I'm curious where I wanted that YA book club will fall, do you think, in your 2021? Like, will it be a highlight? Is it something you would want, you think you'll want to keep doing? Will it have changed your reading life? Like even if you didn't have the book club, would you go back to reading the occasional work of kids literature? I think for me, yeah, definitely. There have been a number of kids lit books that have come out recently that I hear Olivia talk about. And I'm like, I think I would love that. And mm-hmm. one that I even started, um, what was the World War II one, Olivia? Do you remember what I'm talking the about? World War II? Yeah. <laughs> so many. It's like, it was like a couple years ago. It had a really cute cover. Is it Echo Mountain? Yes, Echo Mountain. Yeah. Thank you. Sorry. It's not World War II. It's Great Depression. Yeah. Um, I started reading that. I was like, oh, this is so good. And then I was like, I don't have time for this. And Mm -hmm. I feel like this book club has told me, yes, you do. (laughs) You read it in two days. Like, just read it. Um, (laughs) It's not like you're not going to be able to find a shelf subscription if you stop and read um, a children's book that looks good to you. And obviously, I'm also coming up on like in... A number of years, um, needing to needing a collection of books to give to Gabriel. So, mm. yeah, I do feel like it's changed. It's gonna have changed my reading life. Yeah, I mean, I I obviously am still gonna continue reading kids lit. I do. I feel like I look at it differently now because the books that we have read feel like there is a certain staying power to them. And now mm. I just try to read, and I'm like, does this have that same? Mm power because a lot of the books that are coming out now are just so timely for what's going on right now Mm -hmm. um and that's not to say that it won't be timely in you know in a year or so Mm -hmm. but I think the book club has been like such a big highlight for me just because 
I, you know, I read all this kidslet, but I don't necessarily have other people to talk about it with <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. who have also read it. So it's really fun getting to read these books and knowing that like at the end of the month, like I got a lot of people I get to chat about these books with who now also know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there the club itself has brought a lot of joy too. And and I have struggled with my in real life like I have struggled with my book club and I've struggled because of um my reading life changed during the pandemic and I've had a really hard time finding the rhythm and I feel like I can't keep up with my book club books anymore. But Lucy, you mentioned like the time commitment for this is so low. Like like I even took home a new children's book this weekend and I read it in 2 hours. Like, and it was delightful and super fun. And I was done in two hours. And you're right, Lucy, like there is time to read a kid. Like there is time to read kids literature. It doesn't take as long. Whereas, you know, if we're reading adult lit, I think sometimes we're like, oh my gosh, it's going to take me a week to slog through or a few days to slog through. And kids lit really isn't that way just because it is quicker for me as an adult reader. So I think no matter what, I hope that I'll continue reading the occasional work of kids literature because... I feel like it can easily find a home in my reading life in a way that it's been it's been hard to keep up with my regular book club. It's not been that hard to keep up with this one. Like I feel like I know the week of or like I could never read Bel Canto the day of my book club. That's an example from actually today. Today is my book club. <laughs> today is my book club and I've not read Bel Canto. Like and I'm not there's no cramming Bel Canto. So yeah, I think the club itself has also just been a real bright spot for me and and low stakes and and I hate to say it but low commitment. Like I still love my book club and I'm not I'm not giving up on my book club, but like this has been nice at a time where it feels like every small commitment feels huge. Like as we leave as we kind of exit ish the pandemic, like all of a sudden I feel like my calendar's starting to fill up and commitments feel high, but this really isn't. Like this is just kind of low key Oh yeah, I can read that two days before. No problem. I'm here to represent the average Josephine's listening. Uh, when you say that you could slog through a book in a couple of days, <laughs> I could easily take a month to slog through a book. It's that bookshelf life. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like Oprah telling somebody like, you should get your friend a hundred dollar gift. And they're like, do you have anything cheaper? And she's like, cheaper? <laughs> thank you i just will i'll just remember that you compared me to oprah for the rest of my life <laughs> uh thank you guys so much for talking nostalgic reads with me if you are interested in the books we are reading for the young adult book club you can find that list in our show notes and you can also find the books that are available from the publisher because because uh, several of them are struggling to be in print right now, but you can find the ones that are available on our website. Thanks, guys. Thank you. From the Front Porch is a weekly podcast production of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in South Georgia. You can follow The Bookshelf's daily happenings on Instagram at bookshelftville, and all the books from today's episode can be purchased online through our store website, www.bookshelfthomasville.com. A full transcript of today's episode can be found at fromthefrontporchpodcast.com. Special thanks to Dylan and his team at Studio D Production for sound and editing and for our theme music, which sets the perfect warm and friendly tone for our Thursday conversations.
This week, I'm reading Razorblade Tears by S.A. Cosby. Olivia, what are you reading? I am reading Hold Out by Jeffrey Kluger. Lucy? I'm reading Cloud Cuckoo Land, the new book coming out by Anthony Dower. I'm so excited to hear about that one. If you liked what you heard on today's episode, tell us by leaving a review on iTunes. Or if you're so inclined, support us on Patreon, where you can hear our staff's weekly new release Tuesday conversations, read full book reviews in our monthly Shelf Life newsletter, follow along as Hunter and I conquer a classic, and receive free media mail shipping on all your online book orders. Just go to patreon.com forward slash from the front porch. We're so grateful for you, and we look forward to meeting back here next week. 